Sakuna Show. Did you want to? Um... I think you know the answer to this. All right. The opens remain warm. Uh, <laughs> here's a here's a new theme from Kenta Haskin. That was the first time someone elongated the song, added extra verses. I don't uh, know how I feel about that. <laughs> I kind of like these songs that really throw you for a loop like halfway through. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely like the sound of that one. Thank you, Kenta. Um, cool. Well, take Welcome it. to Whiting Wongs. This is, a, this is another special Asian episode. Um, you know what I realized uh, is that for several episodes now, we don't ever introduce ourselves. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> um, That's hilarious. Well, the title the title is apparently Whiting Wags with Jessica Gow and Dan Harmon. It I, is? Yeah. I mean, that's how it's listed in the thing. Well, why don't we ever know anything about our own podcast? Because <laughs> it's for fun. Um, I'm Dan Harmon. I'm Jessica Gow. And today we have a very special guest, actor, producer, Dante Bosco. How you guys doing? What's up? You may you you may know him as the voice of. <sighs> I thought you were gonna jump in. <laughs> uh, the the misunderstood prince of the Fire Nation, Prince Zuko on Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, Yusan told me that downstairs, and then added, "I've been having to contain myself." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You just embarrassed him so oh, hard. I'm sorry. Oh my god, oh. Yusan's never. <laughs> been redder in his life <laughs> shout out to you son shout out to you son uh but also um people my age might also well will probably know you as rufio from hook which was like oh, a yeah. huge yeah. which was a huge fucking deal for asian kids wow yeah yeah it's, yeah, the Lost Boys were very. We're talking about the Robin Williams. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the Lost Boys were an, a rainbow coalition yeah, of Lost yeah. Boys. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating how you know that affected my life, and you know I've been in the industry now uh, over thirty years, which is crazy. Uh, but also being able to kind of stumble upon you know two iconic characters in a way that uh, that really has impact the image or the uh, what the idea of what it is to be Asian in America pretty fascinating yeah yeah seems like spielberg uh has some kind of like directive there even before it was all the way fashionable for the old white men to be thinking about this stuff because he directed hook and then also the lost world the jurassic park sequel where he made jeff goldblum's daughter uh a oh, daughter that's of right color. yeah um and i remember that kind of that was that was a bigger deal back then i mean he was he was blazing trails but he, yeah, the, the nice thing about it is that he he played it like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, that was yeah. the important well, I, thing. One yeah. of Stevens' kids is a person, kid of color. So mm -hmm. I think it's part of his experience. Yeah, yeah. He's. Like, I mean, that's 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 you know that's that's important stuff in a dinosaur movie. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you guys were just talking before we started recording about. Um, I mean, I overheard a little bit, and 
um, you were taught, you were referring to a panel or something that you did with my friend Alex Rubens, who's yeah. written on community and, and um, <clears throat> Rick and Morty, and uh, how you started getting down and dirty with the the real questions. And at one point, Alex, the the, the resident spokesman for the whites, as we call him here. <laughs> Basically said something like, look, the truth is we don't think about it that yeah, much. Yeah, like, quite honestly, it's, like, pretty much on you guys because we're not – which is what I wanted the group to understand. It's, like, uh, we can't stop thinking about, you know, like, you need to give us something. That's not how yeah, yeah. this town works. That's not how this town works at all. Like, we have to create it. That's the bottom line. Yeah, the good and bad of it as far as the, the white end of the stick is that we've gone from actively uh, – looking at people and going, okay, I got to keep that person out of here because they look different to that. Now I was, I was born into a generation where, okay, we knew that was, we're not supposed to do that anymore. But now the new final obstacle is the harder one with, because we don't think about it. It's the obstacle that is just now white people, all they know is don't think about race and don't like, don't do anything because of it, which can make it extra easy to not, pay attention and not do stuff like not be proactive in that Spielberg way where you're like, well, wait, why is his daughter have to, you know, am I going to go? Yeah. Cast well, a and also it makes it, uh, when white people pretend that it doesn't exist, like it also makes it really easy for other white people to deny that there is still like some sort of sy systemic racism or exclusion because it's not open. Then they're like, well, I don't see what you're talking about. You know, now you're just being sensitive or whatever. Like when you, when it's not acknowledged when it's not, overt when it's not like a, a group of male writers being like we don't want any non-white uh non-white writers here like it's it's a lot easier for other white people to deny that that uh, there's still an underlying exclusion right. and it's not even on the forefront of like white writers right i when i discuss this within uh our groups where i got, go around the country and talk at asian clubs at universities uh, and i'm trying to create with this collective I created is called We on the Eighth about trying to create a genre of Asian Americans creating media in a consistent level is I try to explain to people that 99% of every Asian role that you've seen in Hollywood since the beginning of Hollywood to today is a white male's perspective of an Asian experience in America, which not, doesn't mean it's not truthful. It means that's their truth in their eyes seeing mm -hmm. it. Now how the world is changing is going into the future of new media. That cannot be the ratio. Of course, there's always going to be great writers or bad writers writing their experience of their Asian friends or people that work for them or people they work for, and they're going to write those characters. But there has to be a large amount of content coming out that is actually Asians writing the experience of themselves. Right. And that is completely on us, not on you. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's part of the inspiration of what's going on with the next generation. It's like we cannot wait for studios or white money or companies to fund what we want to do. It's on us. Start even at a base level and just start creating, create, create our way out of this. Mm -hmm. How important do you think it is? We've talked on here a lot about um, representation. And um, do, you, do you think there's like a kind of invisible um, perspective, even if, let's say, a, a, a writer of color um, – there's no actual measurable outward expression. They're not. They're not writing a script about life in their 
old neighborhood or the country of origin of their parents or what it's like to right. to clash with this or that. There, the, none of that is in the script. Um, it, but it, it's it's still important, right? I mean, Jessica seems to agree with that. That like it's like there's still something filtering through. It doesn't. Of course, I think oh, universal stories, universal stories. The face upon which you put the universal story can be very impactful. You know, um, I think ultimately when we watch movies or television, right, the audience is the lead. We are experiencing the world as the lead, right? right? So we can delineate. You could put a uh, five white guys in a room, and we as a America can delineate a white guy to the nth degree and tell you the very differences between a Brad Pitt and a and a and a Johnny Depp and a, you know go down the line Tom Cruise or something like that. You could put five Asian guys from different races in a room, and there could be a large community go the same guy mm-hmm. or even casting people. Pick any of them, same thing. And so part of what we have to do is have more representation. We have a lot of empathy towards white men because. We have fell in love through their eyes. We have saved the world through their eyes. We have, we need to open that experience up to uh, people of color, not just men, women, and that's part of I think the trend in Hollywood. Like we have to open up these stories because it's like that weird thing of art that we, you know, there's politics and there's science and there's all this stuff that's very impactful. But us as artists, we're impactful in this other different way through our creative works, and and it really impacts the mindset and inspiration of people so yeah i mean nothing teaches empathy faster than like uh like a good story you know yeah. where i mean that's how kids learn empathy and learn how to think about other people and think about things beyond themselves and it's crazy you, you talk to people of color so it's so we're so inundated with white male figures you can go to uh, a bunch of asian guys a bunch of black guys like, like who which one of your friends are like more like tom cruise he goes oh yeah <laughs> you, can go, which, you know what i'm saying oh yeah, he's yeah. more like and it's crazy but that's part of uh our psyche we've how we've compared ourselves living in america it's almost you can never almost never go to a white guy and go which one of your friends is more like jackie chan like what <laughs> I mean, it, I'm the, kind of the Jackie Chan I'm, of my I'm kind of Jackie friends. Chan of my, you know, you know what I'm saying? You go to the Asian guys, like, no, right. oh, you know, you know, Steve's kind of like the Brad Pitt of the group, and we all know what that means. And 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 the yeah, people yeah. say, yeah, he is like the Brad Pitt of the group. It's it's that kind of weird stuff that we don't think about. Usually. Yeah, I believe they call that hegemony. I mean, is that what they call it? Yeah, the, the cultural cultural domination. Um, That's yeah, a words I, of friends word. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a nice Noam Chomsky word for you if you want to get really cynical. Uh, but uh, yeah, and so and, and Jessica and I, what we, we, we've arrived at is the most important thing. I mean, it's great to have, it's great to cast uh, diversity. It's great to have uh, staff diversity if you're the showrunner, regardless of what you look like. Um, great to aim for that stuff, but that the most important proactive direction that the industry could take to to create a proactive kind of syndrome um is diversity at the showrunner level oh yeah because Mm -hmm. then you're like like a long time ago i heard a i heard an anecdote about um uh what's his name deadwood guy nypd yeah like he was on the white side of things and this was you know i don't i don't i don't want to i don't want to vilify him i think he was just very he's a very headstrong guy and i think somebody asked him about diversity and this was like a decade or more ago but he said something like right uh, white rights like or something to, to, he, he was like look i write from I, I have my memories, I have my neighborhood, yeah. I have my family, I have mm-hmm. my, the butcher down the street, I have these archetypes and all these things. Now, you know, we can, we can roll our eyes and, and, and boo that. But because, that's valid. But, yeah. but it is, like, if, if that would be, we, could look, we should look forward to a day when he could do that. 
And because we have so much representation at right. the showrunner level that there's a million shows to watch and everyone's doing that, like, because they're, uh, you're all going like, well, and I, I, when I was growing up, I had this uncle and he was like this and I want, I want nine, like, hundred uh, Asian actors coming in because I'm looking for my uncle right, here. Right, 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 right. Um, and, then, and then everything, and then you have, as Jessica is, is relentlessly pounding, the big difference between, <laughs> between, no matter how much I say being from Wisconsin is a lot like being from China. Uh, in terms of a writing career, <laughs> she's like the big difference is everybody on TV looked like you when you were growing up, and that I cannot argue with that. That's a difference. And but like you're saying, I think that's true. And I, there's there's a, you know, there's groups out there like Cape that are really trying to put, you know, Asian Americans in the corner office in the in the executive positions. To it's like politics, right? There's a trickle down theory, and I think that needs to be going on. At the same time, groups like I created, like We on the Eighth, is trying to build from the bottom up, and sometimes. I mean, they both have to be happening at the same time. You're going to have to have the base level of artists just creating more, create more, and then get these head writers in rooms, showrunners in rooms, for it to trickle down. So somewhere, you know, like Marissa Tancheron in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where they both have to happen. I don't think it's one way or the other. We have to kind of push the, the envelope on both sides. Yeah, but you make the biggest systemic change from the top down. Like, And so whenever like people get... You know, whenever there's a controversy about, like, a terrible show, like, uh, conceptually, like Confederate or something like that, like, I'm, I'm most, most of my anger is reserved for the people, the network heads, like, the networks that are greenlighting the same bullshit, like, white shows over and over right. again. Like, because if you, I read, like, the fucking, pi the network pilots every year, and, Which like, is crazy. and I'm filled with anger, like, furious, furious, like, bubbling rage, because, like, because I'm like, this is the same fucking shit. I see the same Every fucking year, names not... over and over. Right. And, like, these same guys are getting, like, are regurgitating the same white guy bullshit. And they... And no, oh, virtually none of it is good, and it's like this is the same shit every single fucking year. And like the the networks are the ones that have the power to say yes or no p of, of who gets a show on TV. And so like I'm less angry at the guy who's like, look, I want my own fucking show, I want a fucking paycheck, um, and I don't know anything about anything other than white things. Like I'm less angry at that guy and more angry at the person who's like, I'm gonna give you a show year after year after fucking year, and not anybody else. You know? Yeah, I think you know. Definitely, we've all read that every pilot season since the beginning of time. Yeah, you know, like if you want some real, uh, you know, action for ethnic, like just put in your program to greenlight an Asian show. Not greenlight, but greenlight a pilot at least yeah. to make a pilot every year for an Asian show. If you're not gonna, if you're gonna do all these other pilots that aren't gonna go, then do one Asian right. one. Yeah. I Why mean, not? what yeah. what do you have to hurt? And um, but you know, we also been in the business so long, and there's a lot. You know, especially young bucks coming up, young artists are like, it's racism, it's racism. It's like, okay, it's not, it, it is, but it's not, it's not like anyone is thinking racism, right? I explained to, to the young cats coming up also, it's business. This is show business. Part of the business is we haven't shown our money earning value mm -hmm. as Asian um, as Asian creatives, right? So part of the idea of creating a subgenre, whether it be like an Asian BET on the side where we can actually vote with our dollars once we show, and that's the bottom coming up, right? Once we show that as the people are trickling down, of course, if a studio thinks it can make millions of dollars off a community, they're going to create to service that community, but it's on the community to vote with your dollars. And, and that's one of the problems of being Asians in America is we are, uh, by and large, an affluent uh, community of America. Small it may be, but very affluent, so we spend 
you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. It's just our money is not being counted in the way it needs to be counted. Mm -hmm. And we need to create systems mm -hmm. to count this money so our voice matters more and the things we want it to matter about. Yeah, and I wonder if the the, the post-Netflix, like, algorithmic world um, is going to be an improvement on the Nielsen system in that regard. Because I know the Nielsen system... For, flawed from, from what little i know of it, it one of its deep deep flaws is is a racial one i mean you you're not measuring hispanic households right. with nielsen numbers um at all there's like it's a i mean that's a system that is so old that it was doomed to be flawed from the beginning in in that regard but um it but it brings up another ugly thing is voting for dollars concept because um when i was Growing up, and they and and big networks were launching their little um, foxes and CWs and WBs and mm -hmm. and FBPWs and and things. There was a, it seemed like there was this tradition where they would launch, and Fox did this successfully. Like these little basic cablers would launch with heavily quote unquote urban content totally. and they and they'd jack up these Nielsen numbers. Like they'd get the variety headlines and it'd be like, Oh my God, what a sensation. But you could see them very quickly. As soon as they have a foothold, they're replacing everything with whiteness. Um, and I, I'm assuming that that's because some Nielsen numbers are worth less dollars than other Nielsen mm, numbers. That's interesting. When I was at VH1 running this horrible, shitty sketch show, you know, my I, I I was in the shadow of of these reality shows, and one of them was Flavor of Love, um, and they were literally like they told me they let it slip that they were doing a season three or something like that, and then said. By the way, don't tell anybody we told you we're doing um, uh, season three or whatever it was. And I said, don't tell anybody. What, aren't you excited? It's a, like a giant hit for you guys. Like VH1's in the headlines for the first time right. ever. Um, uh, and they're like, well, it's a big ratings hit, but um, it's a critical disaster. Like we get a lot of flack in the in the newspapers. Like so, we like to just like sneak in um, uh, under the cover of night and drop wow. a bunch of flavor of loves and where you know a bunch of women of color are taking shits on the floors and and like and like like fighting with each other over this guy with gold teeth and a clock around his neck right. and 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 it's like a big giant like carnival that is nothing is a cultural disaster right. yeah, and and it. they it was I, that was there was like a they, that's not quite the same thing as like voting dollars versus nielsen right, uh, yeah. numbers but but it's another example of like there's behind the scenes like cultural. There's it's just it's just class warfare. I don't know. It's like, yeah. um, who cares what poor people are watching? The answer is white people that are trying to launch something. Yeah, right. I also like. I'm much more cynical than you, Dante. Like, I really, I, I think that like, whenever like uh, a female led or minority minority led like uh, project get becomes a hit. It's always the exception. Like, of they always course. consider it the exception. And, like, I, I really think that most uh, guys up top really believe that, like, uh, that Asian people will always watch white entertainment. So, like, who cares? You right. know? Yeah. I mean, this is a very cynical take. No, it comes, Maybe it's because true. we're recording in the morning instead of at night. <laughs> and no, so I'm it's way true. crankier and it grumpier. <laughs> but I think that's why we have to create more, because if you create more, we have the chance. You, you could see it in a new generation, right? So when, when internet... Yeah. Went, oh, and I'm not saying this to discourage no, anyone no. at all. No, like, I... Yes, fight the good fight. Like, all I want to do is take down the Dan Harmon. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs>
<laughs> hey, as I've said, all I want is to live in a world where you can take your best shot and I don't have to go to bed at night going like, yeah, but I had an advantage. Right, yeah. right. I'm going to be like, you know, I when beat the, that motherfucker. When the internet blew up and YouTube blew up and you know you would look at, especially in the early years, the top 100 YouTubers, a, a very large percentage of them were Asian and Asian American kids because yep. the thing about it was this whole race, there's a, thing, a lot of things happen. A, the internet... Uh, even this day in a lot of ways, um, is ran by nerds. You know what I'm saying? And there's a large <laughs> faction of Asians that are nerds. We run, you know, in a lot of ways we ran the internet and still do it in a weird, weird way, but especially in the early days. And then, of course, this large group that's active on the internet want to see their likeness like any human being, and they're not getting it from pop culture media. And so these kids started popping up, Ryan Higa, Kev Jumba, mm -hmm. Tim Delaghetto, and you're like, so you still look today, there's a large portion of YouTubers that are Asian-American, and you're seeing um, a different form of Asian. This is not an Asian-American kid that is in any way, shape, or form uh, written by one of their elders, mm -hmm. whether they be Asian, white, or whatever. It's yeah. Asian kids in America that are Asian kids in America. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, my God, this is a three-dimensional human being doing stuff, just regular kid stuff and the audience is millions and massive and i think it's a it's a hint of what the possibility could be yeah for the future. i mean yeah i think it's it's like what you said it's like I, I, on you from the other side and i think this the the pessimistic if not cynical way of saying it is like yeah you, there needs to be um because if broad city comes out and it's a hit people can go Hey, this is like the fifth uh, chick-driven comedy thing that's actually competitive with comedy. So I guess women are here now, and I guess I don't see <laughs> right, them as women right, anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we, it, Asian people, as as you said in the beginning, like you kind of characterize this phenomenon where it's like Asian people are a category. So's Johnny Depp. So's Brad Pitt. So's Rob Schneider. And then there's just Asian guy, yeah, yeah. and 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 because of that, there needs to be so many Asian. Rob Schneider half Filipino though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be so many Asian comedies, so many so that 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 it becomes like yeah. like 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 oh, I guess Asian people are are sometimes funny, sometimes but not. It's large, like yeah, like, totally. It's, they're just people. It's on us and not on. Like, my whole thing is like it's on the community to do that and not on the industry because the industry is a machine that's trying to make money. The industry is about, it's motivated Bottom by line. entropy, momentum. Yeah. It, 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 it's we lazy. And that. of course it's, 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 it's going to be racist because totally. racism nowadays, it's not cracking an egg over the head of a black guy that's sitting at the counter because you want him to get out of your diner. It, it, that, that still happening in somewhere, but in the, in the industry, the racism that's happening is simply right. like, Oh, it's, I'm just used to what I was used to yesterday. Yeah, it's so, being complacent uh, with and being complicit in being part of a system that was started when things were overtly racist. And if something makes you uncomfortable, you look away. If a guy rolls into the building in a wheelchair, um, what's the nicest thing I can do for him in my lazy mind? Right. Uh, I pretend I don't notice. I probably then don't talk to him. I, I don't I'm not like, what's up with you? I don't I certainly don't josh around with right. him. What if he's a comedian? What if he's a brilliant writer? You know, what if he has a great idea for a screenplay and all this stuff? Um, he's in a wheelchair, so he becomes a kind of living ghost because the all of the people that are able to walk are kind of like I think I, w I just I just don't want any trouble, and so that can be like that. That's the cloud that you're up against. This cloud wall where it's right. like, yeah, we need a thousand because because Jessica's right. Like Margaret Cho had a sitcom. Yeah, I never saw it. It didn't matter if it was good or it was bad. 
it went once it was canceled it, it was like oh that was that failure. asian show yeah and it was mm-hmm. a failure that was that Asian woman that had a yeah, and and so then you you, you can it's like you're turning over a car. You can almost hear it like fresh off the right. boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, it's been you, so long. You need you need a fucking pro- you need six problem. fresh off the boats totally. before the yeah. engine the turns over. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem with uh, just waiting for the, it to trickle down, right? So eight crazy rich Asians is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Great, and we're all the whole Asian community is super excited. And you're like, when was the last kind of big event like this? Joy Luck Club. Yeah, twenty. Some years ago, thirty, I thirty think. maybe, yeah. And you're going, okay. Each, you know, each studio makes, you know, what, eighteen, twelve, Sony since a hack or whatever a year. Uh, for us to get one film every thirty years, even if we got one film a year, it would take us a hundred years to scale into something that we need to do. It's again on the community to start creating smaller independent films, create a market, and we just can't wait every thirty years to get one film every. 20 years to get another show it's like that's not gonna really help us mm. well because you know like i think a lot of white well-meaning white people are like what what can i do and it's like to help you know it's well i mean unless you're a fucking head of a studio or a network like and you can start fucking you know putting the putting your ordering power where your mouth is like I think one thing that white people can do is to a be aware, but b like be the one to talk to other white people. Because like, uh, I think that's the single most valuable thing that a white person can do to help, which is to reach the white people that only white other white people can reach. You know, to talk about stuff like this. Yeah, part of what I hear Dante saying is uh, not to put words in your mm-hmm. mouth. So correct me if I'm wrong, but when you talk about it's on us, it's on the other side. There's like two categories: creatives and the audience. On that side, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a, it's a call to action to. Um, the the twenty one year old kid out there who's do fucking around on YouTube, maybe right. um, to say like, hey, also like if this is in your wheelhouse, like just because you didn't grow up seeing a bunch of people on TV that didn't look like um, a goofy redhead who had trouble dating, like 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 don't you know push yourself up against that wall as yeah. a creative like. Write a write a sitcom pilot. If you if it's if it's joyful, don't do it like it's jury duty. Maybe stay on YouTube if you're making <laughs> right. money there. But but and then and then the other part of the call to action is, hey, Asian Americans, when there's a show, this is like, the part that's a little sketchy. Right. But hey, but but we do we do way dumber things uh, for way dumber reasons. Like hey, Asian Americans, if there's an Asian American show, give it more than three chances. There like, it is. <laughs> I mean, the the uh, African American community has educated the african-american community of how creativity or how hollywood works i remember uh like the medea films right we're out and some of my black friends and it's a weekend and uh they're like oh the whatever's out i'm like let's go get tickets i'm like we ain't trying to watch that movie and he goes i know it's not but it's opening weekend like we all gotta go buy tickets i was like are you right so we all just went to arc light bought tickets didn't watch the movie because you know the game this Mm -hmm. is the game let's play the game if you want to be a player in the game educate the community about the game that's part of what uh when i'm going around talking it's like this is the deal you guys it's still a game we got to play that you got to get involved in our numbers our voices are going to work start small it can grow there are blueprints of how to make it happen yeah, yeah. well that, and, and i think the segue there is like because it's like well it, with 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 black entertainment it's like 
boy, we really have figured it out, much like the architecture of the cities where it's like the neighborhoods that are going to start on fire in a riot are like really right. nicely contained in a little bowl. Kind of. Oh, you know, kind of. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the office doing a pitch to Dean Devlin recently, right? And Dean, I'm sorry. Uh, no, Dean, Dean's, Dean's part, he's half Filipino. And so, and I'm Filipino, and we're talking about stuff and about pitching some ideas, and then he's talking about the Asian American thing, right? And he goes, well, well, tell me what it is. And what are you talking about? I go, this is the deal, Dean. <laughs> I go to colleges. I talk to kids, right? I do groups, and uh, invariably, a young Asian actor will come to me and goes, I want to be the first Asian Will Smith. And I go, that's amazing. That's exactly how you should be thinking. That's how we all should be thinking. But I go, understand this about Will Smith. And I work with Will Smith, right? And Will's a great guy. At 17, he was a rap star, mm -hmm. rap superstar, traveling the country, was a star in hip-hop. He ends up winning the first hip-hop Grammy in the history of the Grammys, right? And then Quincy Jones and NBC give him a show, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, where he stars in his own television show for seven years, I think, seven, eight seasons. And then he gets a chance to, to, to do what Hollywood said, don't do. Do not put a black actor as a lead in an action movie. Just don't do it. Someone took a risk became Independence Day and that's history. Who's that producer? Dean Devlin, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and he's like, that's Greg Oates. So can you do that in your career? That's, that's already, is that possible for you as a young Asian actor to do all that stuff? But I go, before that, let's, let's put that aside. Before Will Smith came out, you understand African Americans have been creating content in America for over 200 years. From the juke joint days, creating music. That's what I'm saying. Is that yeah. is that is that Will Smith? You did, that's a great success story, but it didn't result on, in a single black executive being able to really, greenlight yeah. a movie. And look mm -hmm. at what African Americans have done content-wise in America, from the juke joints to creating jazz, which became rock and roll, rock and roll becoming hip hop, replacing rock and roll as pop music. At the time, Will Smith was coming up uh, on top of the Harlem Renaissance and filmmaking and arts. It's like, as Asian Americans, like look at the amount of work that they did to get a Will Smith, right? It's time for us to work our asses off. Mm. That's yeah, what we're but at. I want to be very careful about like m putting the onus only on a the not, the on, not only, only, not only. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing: it's like yes, like I think the message here is like get out there, do your thing, be creative, make things. Don't wait for people to give it to you. But on the other hand, like the responsibility isn't just on us. Like because I I very much bristle against the idea of like the you know the burden is on the oppressed to uh to to raise themselves up because guess what oppressors like fucking stop oppressing like that's the biggest change stop being a fucking oppressor give other people a seat at the goddamn table because no matter what like that's where that's where the fastest result is you know and it's like we we shouldn't like be oppressed and still constantly try to educate the oppressor and pull ourselves up and like help uh, like everybody else up too it's like the oppressors are the ones who have the power and the money and the control of the system. Right. And so, yeah. like, I, I want to put the responsibility I mean, on them. That I would say, this, is, yeah. this is morning Jessica. This is morning Jessica. No, I, I, this is I, why I we that. record at night when uh, Jessica has a couple of drinks in her. Because morning Jessica is just fucking fire and brimstone. And I just want to add the cream to that coffee, that <laughs> bitter Chinese coffee. Uh, that, 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 but it's actually not adding cream to the coffee because I'm putting more onus on the oppressor. But this when you use that language, which yeah. is awesome, um, uh, okay, well, the, can we go on there? Okay. The, the white simulator in my head like goes, well, okay, so I just won't oppress anybody tomorrow. And back to what we were talking about earlier, yeah. it's the it, we're in the age now of of unconscious versus conscious. Like like we can, you know, I had my little thing uh, with the Me Too thing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, you know that that was all about like me not thinking. 
So I was like, 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 that's where the intersectionality of like gender relations and sexual harassment and, and all of this stuff. It, we're we're in the age now where there's all these woke white dudes who are like, oh, I know how to not be racist. Mm-hmm. They learned how to not be racist in 1989. Yeah. Um, it, it was it's it was a it was only a good playbook as per the 1950s because it may it was like a playbook that said um you're racist if you do all these bad things um now if you know as of like the 90s like it was it became like so don't do those things and then what set in i think over time was this unconscious separatism because white people are like i'm just minding my own i'm not racist i love I love the Huxtables. They were on the air, you know, like, like I, I, I don't do nothing to stop nobody. And then like all of a sudden you're middle-aged and it's like, you're doing everything to stop everybody. And you're like, what me? You're like patting your pockets. Like when you pass a homeless person, like what? I don't have anything for anyone. I don't, I didn't do anything to anybody. And what I, and, and so I'm, I'm adding, I'm adding cream to your, to your wake up juice and saying, I think what Jessica means when she says oppressor is like it's just like unconscious oppressor. Like yeah, like well, I'm not... really and I'm also really that rant was specifically for the people at the top. You know, at the top of the food chain in in Hollywood, like the network heads, the studio heads, like all the people who signed the ch- with the checkbook. Like that's who I'm talking about when I say the oppressors. Like the, these are the people who are who control like. All of popular media. But can't we all agree that it's purely inaction at this point in the in- entertainment industry? It's purely inaction. No, that is I don't oppressive. think it's inaction though. You think I somebody's gunning don't. for? No, I think that people when, of color. I think that when a studio, when a network head looks at like when when the filtration system has already gone through all of their development executives, and then they get like on their desk like the thirty possible projects, they look at something from like Chuck Lorre or Bill Lawrence, and they're like, "Yeah, that I get that." I, guess, I like I that. I'm that feels calling familiar. That inaction. It's, it's, That's what I'm calling. It's like everyone's. This is the thing. Everyone's about to get fired in Hollywood. Yeah. And I'm so so you make the the the, the choice of least, you know, mm-hmm. the least possibility of you getting fired. So what is that? Yeah. Whatever Chuck Lorre got, it's, I'm gonna take that. Yeah. I hate to say yeah. it, but you almost can't. You, you, yeah. You, that's you, why you, you have to blame them less now yeah. that yeah. Venice is well, sinking. Because they, so they look at it and they because they look at it because they'll look at something that's from a, an Asian creator or a black creator or a Latino creator and they're like, and they'll risk, be like, risk, I don't risk. get this. Super high risk. It's gonna get, get me fired this. for yeah. sure. I don't know well, because they don't get it. And all of the white executives that they've hired. Let's talk about that too. Like all of the the team of executives they've assembled mostly white at the top i'm sure they have some people of color at the manager and director level but vp svp evp that means senior vice president yeah. executive vice president all those people i i guarantee you it's gonna look pretty fucking white in that avengers assembled room For sure and then yeah. like and so then when they're like i don't get this this like other project that you've brought me and like most of the people are like yeah i don't get it but i think it you know it's like they don't think like okay, well maybe there are pe- other people who would get this even just because I don't get it, you know, and that's what I mean. Yeah, it's and I'm like- just reiterating like I well I'm just or clarifying like if you I call that inaction because those people are not going. Uh, Right, you're I saying saw, like I, I can't saw an wait Asian to, like, writer in the lobby down downstairs, right. and yeah. I just I just saw red. What do we got? Oh, white people, give yeah. me my delicious That's white why people. It's just a it's a business decision. It's it's, it's risk aversion. Yeah. It's momentum. Like I wish I, that was your first reaction to seeing me <laughs> at that retreat. Um, 
Uh, there, 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 there's, 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 there's two fun things to talk about. One is a, okay. one, one is an email you have. Oh yes, yes, we have this great email from a very long time ago, and now I'm so happy we finally get to get to it. Okay, so it says, "Hi Dan and Jessica, love the podcast. The open and candid way you guys talk is so refreshing in regards to conversations around race." Here's my question for you. Recently, a friend on Facebook asked if if it's right for a white author to write a story set in Japan without openly calling it cultural appropriation. I said it's best if people just write what they know. But then I remembered one of my favorite franchises is the Avatar, The Last Airbender, and Legend of Korra TV shows written by two white dudes. Is it okay to write about another culture if you research it enough? Is it okay if the end product is popular enough? Uh, are uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, and Legend of Korra actually good representations of an Eastern-inspired fictional world? Or do I only think that because of my limited understanding of Eastern culture, which I've only learned through a Western filter? Would the series have been made if it was given the same scrutiny as Confederate? For reference, my ethnic background is Filipino with some Chinese, born and raised in Australia. Would love to hear your thoughts. Cheers, Eugene. Hi, Eugene. (laughs) So, Eugene, we brought, like, such a great person to, like, have this conversation. Uh, Fascinating. The interesting thing, like, a precursor to this is probably the oldest guy in the room, is that in the 70s, Norman Lear started revolutionizing television. He was an old white dude, in 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 case you don't count old Jewish dude as old white dude. That's your problem. You're, <laughs> you're, you're a, uh, but, but, but I mean, you go like, either way sometimes. It depends Nor- on the situation. Norman Lear was, it was in the same business that it got a bunch of guys that looked like him and, the, and their job was very clear in the seventies. And Norman Lear was the guy who said, you know what? Um, let's, I'm going to do a show. That's the, the entire cast is people of color. And, um, and, and so that made him a hero back then if not now still, i'm still here still here because because it breaks the cycle because if a sixth grade black girl it, who is never going to be told or by, by her support system or whatever is is watching tv and only seeing white faces and then she sees an entire black family like not only does she think oh what a good tv show but if she's got a writer in her then she starts thinking because because the showrunner's not on the tv screen so then it's like you know good times felt like a black show i didn't know whether the showrunner was this or that it just taught me as a little white kid that black families were TV worthy right. and that and 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 that they and had relatable. their own and it can be yeah. relatable to you. Um, and so and so and so, but the interesting thing is how that kind of bumps up against this idea of like, you know, the the, the Confederate thing, where it's like, yeah. I, the, but we're I also talking about a difference of fifty years of progress in America. That's what I'm saying. And that's like, the thing is a certain that amount like, of progress. back then. I mean, that's the best you could hope for, you know? Like, that was probably beyond the best that you could hope for. And so, like, for the time, yeah, that was amazing because it was progress. Whereas, like, that's why Confederate feels so dumb because it's not progress, you know? Like, because there are black showrunners. But there weirdly, are sh- if, black if... shows that are f- written, f- like, for black people by black people. And so that's why it feels like a step back and like it feels like a weird left turn and and just not good and if a young norman lear walked yeah. into cbs's office and said i have this great idea about this black family uh they live in a tenement building and they have black uh, uh lives and black uh, uh dinners and black uh b <laughs> stories um the the white executive to that white writer would today probably be more appropriate to say uh, is there some personal obsession <laughs> <laughs> right. because because otherwise are because if 
are you are you married to a a, a woman of color? And could we explore that as a, you know, do a multiracial marriage sitcom? Because if you're not coming from your own place, I smell trouble. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. And and and. But thanks for reminding me. We need to get a couple black writers in here pitching shows. Totally. <laughs> now, do you have any white ideas? And that's I mean, that's true. I did a pilot last season for Fox where it was you know white and Jewish writers and showrunners, and it was a black show, and it was you know didn't go. <laughs> Usually Which the way this stand stuff up, happens like, is... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, totally. And a I was lot... a token Asian on the black show. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, wait, that's years. something I really want to... Okay, wait, first, well, let's, this... let's, let's answer this guy's question. Let's answer Eugene's Well, that's what question. I'm trying to yeah, do, yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, the thing is, this is the deal, Eugene. <laughs> You're right, but this is where Asians are in Hollywood right now, by and large, we don't exist as an entity that is making stuff. So when you don't exist... Anything and everything that you can make is actually welcome. In, for, in order for something to improve, it has to exist. And we're bar- fresh off the boat. Like, we're barely existing. So I'm like, right or wrong, like, put Asian stuff on the air. It needs to happen because we don't exist. So the more we can do, the better. I mean, with, with the show I'm on, and I'm biased, obviously, uh, <laughs> when Mike and Brian, you know, they end up putting up a, a project that was really phenomenal mm-hmm. because they're oh yeah they're, critically lauded like i mean it's a lot of that's like i mean i trip i don't i wasn't even a voice actor and i just kind of tripped into this thing and i become a popular voice actor now into this world that i was like literally walked into nickelodeon like this is not nickelodeon i know what nickelodeon is spongebob squarepants and other stuff and you're <laughs> giving me an, F, an asian inspired anime inspired epic adventure i'm like this i don't know who you guys are but this is not gonna work and it becomes critically acclaimed as the best piece of animation to come out of American television in the history of American television. It's crazy. But also commercially successful, too. And commercially successful. Like, huge, huge fan base. Um... Huge enough to be so. What do you say? As a movie. I, I like, I, and then it gets yeah. modified. Well, this, but yes, I yes, I agree because I, 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 you know, on the one hand, it's like when we talk about things like Norman Lear and like Avatar, like there, there is something to be said about like progress and baby steps, you know, because it is, it is possible to do something respectfully. Um, and also, the other thing I think that we should think about, like, when when we talk about cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation, is also like. Who is profiting off of it? What is the history between the two groups? Like, what is the history between, like, that's why something like Confederate is so problematic because it's like, it's it's a subject matter that is about tr- historical white exploitation of black bodies and black lives, you know? And now it's rich white people, like, profiting off the story of, like, slavery again, you know? And versus, like, something like this, which is, like... um which is like two uh two white guys who like uh have like researched eastern culture and like in a very respectful way like infused it into a fantasy world you know and like borrowed elements from like genres that are popular in asia so if the game of thrones guys come into my office and they say we got a pitch we are obsessed Uh with uh, With black enslaving culture. black people. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. That's, this is my, where, that's this is, our big passion. <laughs> this is where the creative, uh, uh, you know, creates this like weird uh, U-turn with the things we're talking about because uh, don't you think that that the mind behind uh, 
Confederate is probably I don't you think if somebody were that racist that they were fantasizing about enslaving black no, people that I don't they would think keep it to themselves. No, and not... I don't think it's that these guys are like jerking off to like the idea of slavery. Like I, I don't know what their intentions are. But, but what like... if what if they'd said like what if they were like really into the Delta Blues? What if the what if instead oh, of boy. recreating a chapter of history and and everything, what if they what if they were like the Blues Brothers and like came in and said like we fucking love uh, uh, blues music and blues blues culture yeah, and so we want to pull in all these like great blues singers and they're two white guys but they love the blues and blah 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 it's like, as long as like, I got a white guy coming in to tell the black dudes how to do it better yeah <laughs> I mean that's literally every yeah, white person yeah. in, 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 in that like movie white, yeah it's like oh Ryan Gosling is uh, the protector of jazz in La yeah. La Land come on now like that's <laughs> but some that, bullshit that, li- that literally is every I mean at that same week I watched the King and I at Pantages Theater and it goes again it's like every Again, ninety percent of the project where there's a white person in an ethnic movie, it's them coming in to show ethnic people yeah. what they've been doing for years yes, and they're, they're doing, doing better. It better. And I'm like, yeah. you're the school teacher trying to tell the king of Siam yeah. how to run his country better. Like, yeah, you got it. And like, like it's Tom Cruise in the Last Samurai. He came in. It's like two hundred generations samurais, and he comes in, and he's the only surviving guy of that fucking battle. Like, that's fucking crazy. Part he's of samurai that is, better than all of the samurai in Japan. Part of that is part of that is the universal myth thing. Like when when Martin Lawrence as the Black Knight goes back to medieval times, um, (laughs) he's better at being a knight than all the white people. Of course, of course, of course. Um, And when Buck Rogers goes to the 25th century, he teaches them how to rock and roll and makes Tweaky go get down. Um, It's it's the the hero goes to unknown places and then dominates them and becomes a master of both worlds. But that's why it's tacky. To it's tacky. It's just it's just when you see it. I mean, we understand that and we and we and we roll with that. We're Americans. We grew up with that story. Storyline over and over. We will watch ten movies like that this year. But when you look at it of a person of color's point of view, when they're looking at themselves in the film, then it becomes a more kind of not cool. Yeah. And again, like I mean, we bring this up over and over. And by the way, like whenever we talk about Confederate, like we've never gotten. I haven't seen more, this. You're so intense about this. We've never gotten more emails, and we still to this day get people writing in about Confederate. And my question is. White people, why is this your hill to die on? Like, let it fucking go. This is one thing you can't have. Just accept that this is one thing you can't fucking have. You already have all of the fucking world. This is one thing you just can't have. And there's no way you can agree with that. Who agree with that damn show? That's the thing. The conversation should be about the greenlighting of it. And I just, one more thing about those white people, what they're doing, just like that lady who wrote in and said, like, um, I'm married to an Asian man, oh, so yeah. my name is. What? Here's white people. Uh, let me do little them for you, um, because we wake up in the morning, the default race. We don't wake up going, fuck, what am I going to do about being what I am and the world being blah, blah, blah. We we are pickier about all the other shit. <laughs> so sometimes you're just talking to a white person who's actually not if they if they if they bothered to, like, think about it for a second, they'd be like. Oh wait, I'm. I sound like I'm defending racism. They, they get caught up in defending something like, in this case, probably the slippery slope of the First Amendment. Yes, absolutely. They, 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 because They're because creative it's freedom. a great luxury of being white is you get to think about the First Amendment all the time. You get yeah. to be like, well, like, wow, I love my. Point, when you're white, your starting point is everything is mine, and I have to defend anytime you tell me something isn't mine. Whereas all people of color and women, our starting point is. 
almost nothing is ours, and we have to fight to get every inch that can be ours. Well, you're refracting it slightly, yeah. maybe accurately, to be like, oh, it's, it has to be all mine, like it's a greed thing. I'm saying the more the more innocent way of saying it would be white people, because they don't know, the they, they, because they don't have a part of their brain that's like stimulated by the hierarchy, like they don't see it, therefore they're more focused on who's using a coaster. And that, like the metaphor for that being like, um, that's why that's why white people are obsessed with slippery slope arguments because because I I white people are like oh well here's this like angry Asian lady she's saying a lot she's saying like uh, uh, the, the, Jess- like these, about Jessica? <laughs> these, these valid things about this and that but I'm gonna have to step in and correct her because if she gets too angry and too Asian I, you know uh, the, the, you know if you think about it the other way and objectively all this stuff and it's like it's it, it can seem like that person is like it's like what are you like just, just a Nazi and you're trying to like water yeah. it down I think I think it's like some I think it's like when you're like me and you like don't you you haven't thought about this shit you're obsessed with those other shit that like enrages the people around you because they're like why are you yeah. lecturing me about slippery slopes because, I mean we, it's it, and it's again to a lot of it's our lot to a degree because even like you talk there what we realize is people color when you start to realize things is we are white people could just be white people right you could just be Dan the boss or you could be the cute girl or the jock or you guys are white people. you could see it in casting they don't say white dude they're just like we need a 25 year old and we all know what that means white dude right so us as people of color in america is the not the angry lady the angry asian lady right not you know dan my cool friend you know the, my cool asian friend dante like it's like there we're always and even within our own mind we start becoming this you know, disclaimer before we're a human, we're also this kind of human. Right. As opposed to white people wake up, they don't go, I'm the white, uh, you know, I'm a white guy that lives in West L.A. You're like, no, I'm just a dude that lives in West L.A. That's why we're getting so uh, riled up. Yeah. Uh, because we're being called white for the first time. Right. It used to be funny when Richard Pryor did it. It was like so ironic. It was like, yeah. oh, I'm a honky. I guess yeah. I should well, go now golfing. now it sounds bad. And now it's like, <laughs> like, wait, is someone trying to take my shit? Like, <laughs> what, 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 do I fit into a category? It's really frustrating right. to us. Like, we're not right. used to having that weight on us. Like, that shopping cart wheel is like and wobbly. it's a weight that we've all had. Yeah. Knowingly or unknowingly. Yeah, that's why birth. you get no food. That's, uh, that's why I sound so angry because I'm like, welcome to the fucking party. Well, <laughs> why don't you, why don't you try, try saying it like a nice, sweet, uh, tea serving. Uh, yeah. You are smiling. Oh, well, w- welcome to the party. <laughs> <laughs> why did that sound like German? Oh, I don't know. Because I didn't want to do it. Like, I didn't want to like riff a fucking you, you Asian got a, accent. You got a little embarrassed. Um, speaking of Asian <laughs> Perfect segue because okay. yeah. I want to talk about that because it's like we have an Asian actor here. And by the way, congratulations on the, the, the I keep forgetting you. So you you were you you were a child actor, yeah. And you haven't knocked over a liquor store and succumbed to a life of, <sighs> let alone like I mean that's a, even even white child actors. Yeah, I know. Uh, so like lucky. that's an important thing. And now you're a producer. And you're you're yeah. you're swinging a, a big Hollywood dick and like making things happen and reaching out to people and stuff. You like, know, you just grew up in the industry, you know, and, uh, and it's a, it's trial by fire this industry. So that's why that's another argument for circling back. Like 
the call to action being like actually whatever you're good at like get get in the mix and hang in there and keep yeah. your ego from getting crushed because you could end up being part of anyways but that that sounds yeah. like that, that 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 got a little ridiculous <laughs> but but um I mean do we okay oh, do we feel like is there anything else we want to talk about avatar because like I I do think I I do think at the my conclusion is like on the scale of appropriation, it's very low for me because, like, unlike the unlike the historical, like, unlike the history of black and white relations in America, which really colors something like Confederate, like, I feel like this is just very low on my scale of like shit because it's like two guys who you know borrowed elements from uh, a culture that they respected and like. And uh, and then blended it into like a fantasy world, and you know it's like, and also at the time, like there weren't any. There's zero. There's nothing else out there. So one yeah. is more than none. That's kind of reminds me yeah. of Andrew T. Like laughing at people asking him constantly, "Is is Wu Tang Clan uh, <laughs> Wu Tang Clan?" Uh, uh, appropriation, appropriation. Oh, I, we, I, and he's know, like, I, maybe. Who gives a shit? I don't care. Because <laughs> part of the other thing is with appropriation is if it's cool. It's yeah. a game changer. Right. Yeah, If yeah, it's yeah. whack, you should die forever. Yeah. And that's the thing. I guess it, it, that's what we, what we had talked about is um, we used the metaphor that I really liked, which is um, what store did you buy this from? Mm-hmm. How uh, uh, Who profits from this? Are like, you, who, who are you sending your dollars to when you when you make this purchase? So like when, Mickey, when, when, when Mickey Rooney peers over the railing in, in, in oh, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, my favorite. And, and says, Miss Go Rightry. It's so, like, so like, hard <laughs> to talk about that movie with white people because they, they love it so much. <laughs> and I love me. Who doesn't love Audrey Hepburn? And, and, and Breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's is a, a piece of Americana except for Asians going – What's up with this glaring thing that yeah, everyone's going to ignore? Like you, you, even the, even the racist cartoons are removed from Saturday morning. But but um, the to use that as an extreme example, and then you, let's let's use Last Airbender as a as the other extreme because it's they're both cases of maybe appropriation or something like that. But it's about it's a question of status, maybe. Yeah. At Wu Tang Clan, mm-hmm. if you hooked them up to a polygraph and said, "Do you think?" Uh, Asian people and Asian cultures somehow beneath black culture, they'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking yeah. about? We we're empowered by it. We're totally. trying to share that." Yeah. Well, because totally. it's also there's also the concept of, of of remixing versus appropriating, you know. And I feel like what they do is much closer to remixing that because they they took elements that they clearly have a ton of love and respect for, and then they blended it into their into, own experience. into their own experience and like into hip hop, which is like which is part of their community and which know? is yeah, already Ghostface made of Killer and Method Man aren't talking about Asian stuff in their raps. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're not doing a Mickey Rooney impression. Yeah, like, they're, they're not, not imitating with a, Asians. With they're an just Asian saying, yeah. you know, they're just they're just saying, I'm the method man. But yeah. they have little sketches and things where it's yeah. like, you get the sense yeah. that as with, like, okay, this is a culture that's denied uh, music lessons and brass instruments and things. So they, uh, they start, uh, let's scratch records and, and hip-hop and beatboxing and you, you take fragments because you're you're in a class war and you're deprived. And one of those fragments in a weird intersectional way is Bruce Lee movies that are playing on the local UHF station. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And to draw empowerment from, what's our generation. We grew up with Saturday morning Kung Fu theater and that's, that's where it comes from. That's what, that's a generation that is just a hip hop community, a blue collar community that we know that because that's when it came out, we were all like, yeah, dude, these dudes took Kung Fu theater and they just, that's they gave their identity as 
as rats. Just the same as if we took our identity from, uh, I'm a new group and we're the Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. we're the Magnificent Seven. Or same thing with Detroit did with D12, the Dirty Dozen. That's Eminem's group, but they took that from those movies, those identities. So it's just the same. They just took it from Kung Fu Theater because that was part of their experience. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, no one's cooler than Wu-Tang, and they made Asian shit cool at a time when, like, it was very hard for Asian kids to feel like their culture was cool. Well, isn't our answer to Eugene then, mm-hmm. um, who's saying, should my should I have told this person n- n- no, 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 or yes, 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 our answer to Eugene is, I think you can let them find their own way. You might advise them that uh, um, they're gonna that they're they're entering a uh, a minefield, uh, or maybe that's a bad metaphor because that's just mm-hmm. you either blow up or you get through. Right. It, they're, they're, there's no uh, absolutes. There's, yeah. it's, it's high risk, high no yield. Yeah. It's like it's like you could yeah. you could do you could be an airbender, or but then again, whereas if you just write what you know and you fumble, it's gonna just be a a kind of noiseless fumble. If you write about Japanese culture and fumble, you might end up getting retweeted and and yeah, called out, yeah. and you might end up getting su- sullied. So and you can see that- it in the Airbender franchise from the series, which is so heralded and critically acclaimed and beloved by a massive fan base to this day, to the movie coming out and it being so a bomb of a film and critically panned and and and, and actually and hated whitewashed. and whitewashed and hated film. Um, and so it's even you can even see that dichotomy. Yeah, you can see when franchise. it's done well, and you can see when it's done really, really badly. And I think also, like you know, he's specifically talking about his, uh, somebody if it's right for a white author to write a story set in Japan. But it's also like, well, who are the characters? Let's talk about the people because that's who matters. Like, is the is a white author writing about a white guy going to Japan for the first time, and it's based on his experience moving to Japan, or is he writing about? like a Japanese family and like, but writing them in a way where you're like, oh, he's writing about them as if they were white. And universal truth. But the other thing is yeah. writers, we all know is like universal truths are universal truths. You can actually take any story, put it anywhere. And it's really, that's the story. If you're not dealing with historical or things like mm-hmm. that. And it's a very fascinating thing. Um, but there might be, I, I guess I would advise somebody who is like, I want it to be like anime, for instance, if that's mm-hmm. all they knew. I'd be like, well, how into anime are you? Are you so into anime that you're going to know whether or not you're perpetuating something yeah. that's bad? Get more into it before you write your thing. If, you're, if, you're, if your pitch, if you're in your head is like, God, I fucking love anime. I love the tropes of anime and all this stuff. I would just bother to put a little bit of consciousness into what store are you buying that from and where is the receipts and like like just don't so that you don't accidentally do yellow face when what you're really right. trying to do is make love to a trope or something a part of your your saturday morning culture there's going to be a way to do it but also i think it should be noted if you fail i don't think you're i don't think you're necessarily part of the problem like i i, I, right. I you can just fail the, the you're only risking your own tackiness i uh the the i remember uh, going to a community college like uh, uh hip-hop um show that my girlfriend took me to because there was some members of her dance class in it and it was like it was a lot of popping and locking and and break dancing and all this stuff and it was like primarily black people in this show um that was called like hip-hop uh uh, a universe of expression or something uh, but the, the but the weird thing was that they were at the top and bottom of the show there were these two like 
whiter than me people like people that i'm like right. oh waspy oh my god like at least i have a little polish in me like these like super waspy like i remember them as having sweaters tied around their <laughs> their their collarbones but 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 that th- th- they were holding hands because they were a couple and um and they and i just remember the the young lady going like and we put together this show and because we want people to see this beautiful culture this beautiful culture (laughs) and i just remember like i was like this is amazing and hilarious and so embarrassing (laughs) but it's not the, the only thing they're doing is embarrassing themselves it's just like a tonal thing like the the it's as i'm rolling my eyes at it maybe my aunt margaret coming in and going like this is a beautiful culture, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then I, I, I don't, I don't see them like being part of the problem. Like, well, like, like, yeah. The thing is, it's so we also have to remember that we're artists creating something. This is not history lessons. We're not doing. The thing is, I, I always tell people, this is the deal. I'm a Filipino American actor. If I had to wait for Filipino roles to only play Filipino in this town, I would not have a career over thirty years. It's just impossible. There is also a sway of like. We are artists creating stuff. We are not making, you know what I'm saying? We're not doing factual, factual things and everything has to be so politically correct where it's like white people don't have to be politically correct all the time. We don't have to always be super, it's like a balance. It's like you have to have a balance of certain projects could be more so, certain balance, you know. Well, let's talk about that because this is the first time on the on the podcast that we've had an actor and like, and uh you get you can tell us about like what roles are are out there for you and what do you get called in for and do you get asked to use an accent like like what types of roles do well, you get Well it's fascinating cuz I'm Filipino right so yeah. Filipino is very unique within with even within the Asian Yes agreed pantheon yes so we're like asian latinos yes so half i was gonna say it sounds italian yes Yes. i mean a lot of a lot of asians will say filipinos are like the mexicans of asia we are (laughs) yeah in a lot of ways so half of my roles are asian in my resume and half the roles are latino so i played everything from oh interesting every asian role growing up right besides filipino until i did the movie called debut which was like the first filipino film pretty much in hollywood um but then i the other side because this is los angeles I played Mexican, a lot of Mexican gangbangers and Mexican criminals, a lot of criminals, right? Um, New York stuff, playing Puerto Rican, uh, but of course playing Vietnamese and Chinese and Japanese. And it's just any, you know, this is the deal. When you're, when you're, when you're an ethnic in Hollywood, Asian in Hollywood, every show has, every TV show, cop show, whatever, has their Asian episode. And it's like the Chinatown episode or mm-hmm. Japantown episode. When and, the cops are like, there's a murder. And then they're like, you don't understand. Yeah, it's in yeah. Chinatown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And or it's so, the Yakuza. Every, Yakuza yeah. or Triad yeah. or whoever. They do whoever. things yeah, yeah, differently yeah, totally. around here. But it's, so, always a, but, but it's always but a game. It's once thing. a season. <laughs> yeah. And all your Asian friends will all be for that guest star <laughs> that week. And we're like, yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> so, it, I mean, it was a bit of pride because when there was a Filipino show on one of the cop shows on cable they're like do you gotta call dante bosco because this is like i think this is the first time we're doing a filipino town show uh, oh, and man. So, but you as an actor we we you blend it's like our job is to book jobs for us to live and we're not we're not right if you're not writing it you're just taking whatever comes down the pipeline and, and to this yeah. point it's is there like, ever any conversation when you end up playing a mexican gangbanger is there is there a conversation, be it in the trailer or with your agent? They go, like, by the way, this guy is. Uh... I mean, I've been around for a long time, so I think things have changed also over the last 30 years. Uh, but 
you know, I grew up in a Mexican neighborhood, so there's a very distinct, there's two different things. In Hollywood, in a lot of ways, like, if you're not white, you're black. Like, if you're not white, you're black, Mm -hmm. which means there's all these other characters that are just like. I would say if you're not white, you're part of a beautiful culture. Yes, (laughs) a beautiful culture. And there's just like this thing, it's like, uh, any ethnicity. There's like, there's these roles, it's like, oh, we want this, this role, and then like, okay, this role is any ethnicity, which pretty much means any ethnicity or maybe yeah. a brunette white guy. I always, yeah. maybe, I, always, yeah. I, always, totally. I always name that guy Armand yeah. <laughs> in my scripts. But, you know, Armand we're, comes in. We're, <laughs> we're, part, we're part Latino, so it's not a far stretch, and you grow up in the neighborhood, and like especially at that time in my life wearing flannels and being a part of the hood, it's not that far of a stretch at all. And, uh, you know, that's just part of the game. It's like whatever they see you be a part of. I mean, there's Asian roles that I can't get because when I walk in the room, what kind of Asian are you? You're not the, like, if you look at me, like, you're not the kind of Asian yeah, that yeah. we were writing this for. Yeah, because they're writing for the Chinese, East Asians, not, Japanese. The, not, not the jungle Asians. No, like. we're like the brown, we're brown, I'm brown skin. Like, you're a brown skin Asian, depending on what your hair looks like, depending on what your swag is. I mean, that's so funny now where I do things, and because I have somewhat of a name, and it's an Asian part, voiceover part, something, they're like, oh, we can get Dante because we're not, you know. We we all know he's part of the Asian community, so it doesn't matter. And I go, it's so funny because I I don't characteristically like are characterized even with the Asian community as the most Asian of Asians. Like he's Dante's a lot like a Mexican Asian or a Black Asian or whatever. I do feel like twenty years from now, the word Asian is gonna be like. It's it, 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 whereas right now it's like the height of uh, safety. I think I foresee it's gonna be frowned upon because it's going to represent this like lump everybody in it's going to be kind of like it's going to be like saying oriental but for different reasons like it's gonna because it's gonna be like oh that's from a that's a holdover from a time when um white people didn't want to deal with how many different kinds of of yeah because in america whenever we say asian people are people mean and only think of east asian chinese japanese korean you know like they're not thinking about the jungle asians like they're not thinking about south asians either Um, or Indians, yeah. Well, yeah, that's exactly. South, <laughs> yeah, South yeah, yeah. No, but well, I'm, the thing is, I'm traveling through Asia and talking about all this stuff, it's so fascinating. When I say Asian, you know, I'm in Hong Kong or the Philippines or something, and they go, "It's funny you say Asian because we don't. They don't say Asian out there. The Asian is an American thing because Chinese people they don't consider themselves Asian. They're like, we're Chinese. They're Chinese. Yeah. Or there's they, very distinct. Or Japan, different. like they don't use Asian in the same way we right. use Asian. Um, but at the same token, I think. Coming to second, third generations, there's a there is a unifying concept of what Asian is like. You know, second, third generation as like black. We're not saying Northern Africans, Southern Eastern Africans. It's like you're African American. Like it's a very clumping thing. So I think we don't know which way it's gonna go. And there's a lot of people that that say, well, we're so. This is old narrative. We're so segregated in cultures and language, and we're never gonna get along with each other. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, dude, that's an old narrative. I say, and they go, why is that an old narrative? I said, I think it can change where the storytellers, we can, we can tell a different story. And I know the story exists because I go to Hawaii, because my production company is out of Hawaii, Honolulu, Hawaii, Kinetic Films, and we do Asian American Pacific Islander films. And when you go to Hawaii, first of all, it's the only place in the world that is run by Asian Americans. Asian Americans. It's the only place we can go where we're not minorities, where the guy who owns the bank and the restaurant is not a white guy. And the, it, I always say it's no mistake, it's no coincidence that the first non-white president is from Hawaii. <laughs> because the glass ceiling never existed in his mind because white people aren't the top of the ladder in Hawaii. And there's this whole feeling in Hawaii amongst all the 
different, whether you're native Hawaiian or Korean or Japanese or Filipino, it's like, y'all are Hawaiian first, y'all local first, and then everything else. And I'm like, that's the Aloha spirit that I believe if we do this right, we create this this kind of platform, right, is will permeate through the rest of America with Asians, not first generation, because first generation, we're still stuck within our, our homelands. The more and more you get away from it, you start bonding with each other because we actually are very similar. You out, you out with Asians, the foodiness, the, 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 our expectations of parents, it's yeah, all yeah, actually yeah. the same. The language may be different, but when yeah. you get further down, it becomes like African-Americans. Yeah, right? the foundational culture is still the same. Well, what do you do? What do you, th- if you if there were a dolphin and a shark fighting, who would you root for? <laughs> it's a it's a test. Oh boy! I mean, I'd probably go for the dolphin. What? All right, so I found a rift. What the fuck? Found a rift, or I found a monster among your people. <laughs> she loves sharks. I don't want to. You sharks know, we don't are, have to get into it. Sharks are gangster, but you know, there's you know, dolphin, yeah, dolphins sharks are have gangster, finesse. So <laughs> sharks are gangster, but there's a finesse with the dolphin. Yeah, the I mean, finesse. Oh, the yeah, it's, of it's the called ocean, being a mammal. Yeah, it's yeah, don't get me started. Oh my, it's don't get us. Early. You brought it. Don't get you started. You brought I walked, it. Did up. I walk? Did I walk into something yeah, crazy? Well, I mean, I, I, am more like I hold a bucket of it and <laughs> threw it on you. I know you didn't walk into it. A, a bucket of chum, and you just threw it on him. Uh, and and you did it to Morning Jessica, which is like a death wish. I was glad we segued into that accent thing. That's what I wanted to get yes, to. Yes. But then, but 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 as you point out, it's like okay, you're Filipino. It's a whole. It's a it's a thing is individual to you. And I've done it. No, I've done it. Like, yeah. like, like I feel there horrible. Are, there are Asian actors who refuse to do it, and then there are Asian actors which, and I think either way, it's like I understand you. Like there are Asian actors who who do the accent. It's like yeah, because how else are you going to work? How else are you going to? But feed this yourself? is the deal, like. Jimmy O. Yang, who's from uh, Silicon Valley, when he spoke at we on the eighth last last month this up uh, this month before, and he, he was talking. He does accents, but he's from Hong Kong. He doesn't have an accent now, but his parents do. He knows how to do it. He he wants to add humanity to those characters and not be a caricature, and I think he should do it. I don't do it because I'm not from. I was born and raised in, in here. My parents don't have accents. I'm second generation. For me to do an accent, I can't even do a Filipino accent that well, let alone do a Chinese or Japanese one. I mean. When you're in the booth and you're doing and you're doing like a small character for for an animated show, it's like we're all we're all trying to get close to something, right? For like a few lines, but when you're doing a full, well-rounded character, um, if you don't have the experience, it would be just me doing just as bad as a job as a white person. Mm-hmm. You're and just doing an impression. I'm just doing a bad impression, and like I tell my agents, like that's I'm not doing that. That's not me. Yeah. Um, but there are a ton of great actors. That can do it, and it's not an impression because it's part of their upbringing. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I get, I, it, or, or, or they, they dove so deep. I don't know if somebody mm-hmm. told me if you were the Daniel Day Lewis of Filipino actors well, and here, someone assigned you well, the if role. If there's a role like yeah. that, okay, yeah, if you're gonna do one of those films, like, yeah, I'll go learn the accent. Like if it was if a prime sure. minister that was but, like, yes, fan, you know, the, you happen to look like you him. You want me to come in and kill the chicken and all that kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. How am I gonna do that? <laughs> what do you want me to do? But the, the thing with the accent is that it, it, it's not all accents are equal in roles because there's a big difference between a white guy writing some like. Uh, Asian stereotype where the accent is the punchline of this right. character versus a very sensitive, like in Joy Luck Club. I can't a think bunch of, of them... a, a single example. Of that <laughs> but versus something like in Joy Luck Club, which was, you know, the source material was written by an Asian woman, Amy Tan, and it's also about Asian mothers and daughters, and these mothers are immigrants, so of course they have an accent. It's realistic, and they're three-dimensional characters. The accent is just a true and realistic trait of a fully realized and complex three-dimensional character. Where does Mr. Miyagi fall where... in there? <laughs> 
versus like he's some- a legend. Pat Pat, Mar- <laughs> Pat Pat Marita talks yeah. like me. Talked like me. Rest in peace, Pat, yeah. Marita. Pat Marita. But he won an Oscar for you know talking like uh, yeah. this uh, Daniel song. And he was also Arnold. With no accent. He, he was I'm happy to Yeah, I know. Yeah. We can see that he's not. But 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 like they cast him as this I know. guy. And he, yeah. But he, again, he can have that. It's part. Of, it's, he's part, definitely part of the generation that that's part of his his experience. And yeah. I think we're actors. We can do anything. Yeah. For the right role. Yeah. It's just I think not for the, the punchline role. Yeah. I think the role is really the defining thing in this equation because it's not. It's not about having a blanket policy of doing an accent or not doing an accent. It's more about like. Is this character's only characteristic having an accent Worth it or not, and right. being an, a, a foreigner and being a clueless foreigner? It was or just really a- big when when they did two broke girls and the character and the thing was had to do an accent. It was within Ugh. within my friends and group. It was like who's reading for it, who's not. I, mean, I didn't yeah. read for it. Again, but that's not my sweet spot. Like that's not what I do. Yeah, you know? but also that's a terrible role. Because the whole joke is that he's Asian and he talks funny and he's sexless. You know, like he's not a fully realized character. He's a walking Asian punchline. And that's why that fucking character sucks. And like. That's good to give zero fucks. I know. I met the guy a few times. He's a nice guy. Actors have to work. Yeah, actors have I to work. That. I don't fault that and guy. And he's doing a good I job. Fault, and he's doing a good job. I don't job. fault that guy, but I fault the fucking showrunners for writing that role. I fault all the writers for constantly writing the dumb, stupid fucking Asian jokes that that guy has to say. Like, that fucking sucks you know that character sucks and those and those writers i i'm very angry with you yeah. <laughs> not just be i guess because i'm mourning jessica right now but like it's a stupid stupid character and it's offensive and there's nothing redeeming about it and you're forcing this guy who just needs a job to like do this dumb accent and has and he's not a fully realized character <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just going to wear my head. I'm thinking about like uh, Fisher Stevens and short. Circuit. Okay, that crazy, crazy. <laughs> and I had the discussion with someone recently, and we're like, he, and I think I was an Indian guy too. He's like, hold on a second, that guy's not Indian. I'm like, I know, dude, I, that's when I was Fisher a kid, Stevens. I know. I was like, that's Fisher. That's that's you what know happened. Fisher I grew Stevens up. Is? I grew up. I thought, I thought that guy was. I thought Indian. he was too. Yeah, um, and it's crazy. What else was I? What, what was I just thinking? <laughs> I mean, the irony of like my accent because where I come from, where I slip back into is a hood, like a very mm. hood accent, and you sound like a Dante. You know, I sound like, but I, if I go <laughs> into it, like my accents, like we're talking about accents, like if I go back to my past, it'll be very street and hood, and there's a mm. certain thing about it, whether you call it black or just neighborhood. But I'm like, they're like, that doesn't really equate with you being Asian, and I'm like, well. Mm-hmm. You don't know nothing about Asians in America. <laughs> but, then we, but then we circle full back to, yeah. to the extent that being anything non-white is being non-white. It, it, it it's is true, same important. Thing. It's a point of view because it's, 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 it's the other. And you were talking about yeah. those, those shows. I made a living. I survived in Hollywood off of Moesha, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Steve Harvey's show. I mean, there was in the 90s this, this plethora of, of, of black, black shows, right. yeah. black sitcoms, CW, whatnot. Yeah. And at least they weren't white. And they weren't white. Yeah. And we all kind of grew up and, yeah, totally. and, and, and ate and got better on these shows. Yeah. And you're like, where is that now? We're like, there's, there's now there's like none. These That's what I was it it was, the, that. it was that basic cable thing. It was like, a, it was like junk bonds for white, 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 white networks. Like they were, they, yeah. like they, they used a population. It, it kind of, it, it, what you're describing kind of reminds me of, uh, the, what I what I learned in the kids are all right. Uh, where I, I didn't know until I saw that movie that, uh, lesbian women couples will watch, uh, male gay porn. That was crazy. It, 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 because, not not because it, it's not, and it's and they're just like, 
well, it's not it's not heterosexual sex. It's two gay people and 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 like lesbian porn directed by straight dudes is just like two women like scissoring because it's turning like it's for the male gaze. Yeah. And so they like the like lesbian couples will watch two dudes like go at it and be like more turned on than they would be if they watched the stuff that anyways. But uh oh, one more I just wanted to say one more thing. I was like, "What well, Dan, where are we going? Where are well, we going?" Well, because well, because Yeah, you're not used to Dan. This is Dan, this is I how just Dan got lost. I was, I was connecting the dots cuz you were saying like you're Filipino like you're it's distant from being like what your definition of asian is but you're not white and then there was this slew of black shows and then all of the asian people you knew were like i feel more i'm i'm getting a more of a hearty meal from this show yeah, than i would yeah, yeah. from like um uh i prefer yeah. hanging with mr cooper to hanging with professor uh, uh wilkinson i can't tell you how delightful it is to have another person be like I don't follow you, Dan. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometimes I fail to hey, actually yo, I'm, say I'm what I'm just, I'm gonna go with the story. I liked it. <laughs> but what about the right. meta? What about the meta thing? What about Tropic Thunder? What about oh, Robert Downey Jr.? Like when he was it, awesome that's... in that role. When the yeah. whole point of it is the whole point of it. Like 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 like. It, I mean, yeah. it's... high highbrow meta madness. I, I mean, yeah. I, I whatever. Done by I guess. a brilliant actor. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he get nominated? He got nominated for an Oscar for doing blackface it's in a so world where fascinating. Yeah, it's <sighs> really crazy that they they did blackface in a meta way. I will say that here's the thing: I really like that movie a lot. Like, I actually love that movie. Um, but I would feel better. I would. I wish that like it was a black writer who was doing like their commentary on blackface and subverting blackface. That's what I wish. Hmm. Um, it's fascinating. It, it, yeah, I also love the film and his yeah. performance, and it. it's just crazy. But also, uh, right or not, there's a lot of black actors in films. You know what I'm saying? It's like so you can have some shit sometimes because there's counterbalancing of other shit, right? When you're dealing with Asians, there's no counterbalancing because we don't have shit. It's like one. That's part of my career has been substantial for the Asian American community, right? So. I go out and wherever in public, and I get so many Asian American people come up to me, especially with generation, like, dude, you're the first cool Asian that I ever saw on TV, ever. And you're like, okay, like, that's, it's weird, right? Because there's, especially in my generation, there was nobody. Yeah. And then, you know, a hip hop Asian just blew the minds of a lot of people, like, what it means to be Asian American is not just Long Duck Dong, mm -hmm. right? Um, but because there was so, Small in representation. Not, I'm saying the African Americans are are they. There should be more. There should be more of everything. They're also underrepresented. There's yes. also underrepresented. Yeah. But when you do something like that, it's because they're they're commenting on something that's happening in movies. You can't even comment on right. what Asians happening in movies because we're just not by in, and large yeah. in movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so, right. so answer for that, Harmon. <laughs> I've, I'm 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 just over here trying to make myself feel better before retirement. I know, I know. I'm really I not part of the this, solution or the problem. I just have all this morning Jessica rage, and I don't know where to direct. I don't know you. what I walked into. I was like, "What are we talking about here?" Look, I, I'm not normally this fiery, but I, I like it when you get fiery. I don't I don't want to imply that it's like a negative thing because then I'm misogynist too. Because then I'm like, "You're being shrill." Like like <laughs> I, I, I I I she you get she you get more and more eloquent the angrier you get. <laughs> no, we. I mean, like, I've been in. Situations recently where I really have to check my own misogyny. Like our old, there's a lot going. There's a lot going on in the world right now where we all have to be cautious of, of what we're doing, and it, and it affects our art too. Yeah, and the, the the old way was not thinking about it, and the new way is thinking about it, and that's the really important thing. And that's why I I got I gotta say. 
like part of that, it, even though no one's in the mood for it, um, if they're the one that can offer it is forgiveness is, is to realize that people fuck up. People make mistakes. People are, are that, that unless you either are going to live in a world where you believe that half of the world is evil or like there's categories of people that are evil, in which case we're just fucked or the, the you're living in a world where the truth must be that some of us just aren't thinking about shit. Yeah. And then we learn and we like take our foot out of our yeah. mouth yeah. and we, we, yeah. We, yeah. If you, if you truly want change to happen, you have to give people space to learn. And to become better. Like, I, I really believe that. Because it's like, you know, as like, as full of anger as I often am, <laughs> like, if I ever want anything to actually happen and get better and change, like, I have to allow people the space to learn, you know? And uh, oftentimes that means, like, patiently listening and, like, and, and phrasing things in a way that, like, is digestible, you know? All right, well, this is, <laughs> I can dig that. this is a wonderful mega episode. Yeah, this was Thank awesome. Thank you, Dante, so much for being here. Thank you guys for having me. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, follow us. We on the 8th uh, is uh, Asian American Arts Collective. We meet once a month uh, about taking over one day a month, the 8th day of every month, to promote Asian media in America. So follow us online. Look for We on the 8th. And uh, there's plenty of things coming up. Just, you know, fo follow me on Twitter, I guess, at Dante Bosco. And the hook reunions coming up. Yeah, we did the hook reunion. We did a 25th anniversary. Crazy. Oh, really? And the they got the Lost Boys together for a crazy photo shoot. Wait, how how is the 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 Cannonball guy doing? He's doing good. He's a magician now. He's a magician in Vegas. Wow. Whoa. Like how is he? Because the joke was that he was like kind of uh, Ruben-esque, yes. and he was turning into a human cannonball. Yeah, yeah. Is he still? Is he, he still? A he's heavy still guy? a bigger dude, but I think he's you know I think he's. Trimmed, you know, he's kind of gotten fit a little bit, but he he looks good. He looks good. See, Shout if he was a Rashawn woman, Hammond. I couldn't objectify him like that. But that's true. He was in the movie. His character was about his it's, body shape. And thud butt. The name was Thud Butt. <laughs> his name was Thud That's the character's name is Thud Butt. Ah, uh, but we all grew up. It's 20, it was twenty five year of uh, the twenty fifth anniversary last year. Wow. And we took a picture in costume. The same kids. It's Holy online. Shit. Oh my god. It was crazy. Bangerang. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for listening. Uh, uh, stay racy. It's a good show. <laughs>